Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Just a Tad on DTF Network Podcast. My name is Sam Norton, and you are a creep, a vagabond, a serial killer, a shut-in, a closet case, a necrophiliac? Wait, no, that's not the one I was trying to... What's a hypochondriac? That's... Those are two completely different things. Uh, one is scared of, like, germs and the other one, and the other one uh, clearly does not care about germs because you're fucking dead bodies. Anyways, uh, good to uh, see you guys again visually. I, uh, not really, but uh, vocally, you guys are hearing my... I'm glad that your ears are listening. Uh, today is, uh, is, like, a little quick one I wanted to do. Uh, next week, I... We'll have uh, kind of a more set in stone, just a tad episode, but uh, I wanted to sit down before I uh, head home for the holidays. I have not been home for Thanksgiving in like like eight years or something like that, and me and the wifey are going to be going down to uh, celebrate the holidays, so I wanted, to, I wanted to sit down with you guys and uh, talk about uh, what I'm thankful for with comedy, because uh, it really did change my fucking life. And so this is, uh, you know, a little themed Charlie Brown type episode, huh? You know, I'm gonna, it's gonna be my, uh, no, Great Pumpkin is Halloween. What's the Thanksgiving one? Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving, probably, if I'm not a fucking idiot. Uh, but I just wanted to go off, kind of off the top of my head and tell you uh, what I appreciate most about comedy. Number one, uh, we'll get into it right away. Uh, comedy changed my life for the better. It would fucking... Uh, I guess saved my life in some way. Not not to be over melodramatic, but to give you guys some backstory, I uh, I was gonna be an artist. Uh, I was going to college uh, for you know, a very short time uh, to uh, do like graphic design. I used to intern at one when I was younger. Not very well. I'm sure they fucking hated me. But my brother hooked me up with one of his friends, and I interned and learned a little bit about graphic design and was going to go in there, and I, I enjoyed-ish doing it. Um, but it, it was one of those things that it was still a goddamn job. Uh, and so we're doing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing college courses and fucking hating it, but just going like, yeah, this is what you got to do. And uh, after my, uh, like, first final... Uh, in college, I go out to uh, uh, the local comedy club called the Looney Bin, back where I'm from, in Wichita, Kansas. And I didn't even know that that club existed, number one. But number two, I didn't know that they had an open mic night. But my friend Jordan was like, yo, there's this comedy club. We're always watching comedy. Let's go. So he was the one that was into it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll tag along. That sounds great. So we walk in just thinking that we're going to go watch the show. And right when we walk in, we're two young guys, and they assumed that we were there to do comedy. They were like, oh, are you here for the open mic? We were just going to watch, but we're like, yeah, fuck, we'll do it. So we were the assholes that are, like, not prepared and just go, like, we're funny. We can do this. So we go up, and uh, my friend goes up before me, and he fucking murders. He does so goddamn well. And I was like, I felt confident. I was like, oh, cool, like... I just, all we gotta do is be funny and it's gonna be easy, right? And then I go up and just bomb my dick off so hard. Like, I sucked so bad. Uh, but for some reason, he went off and, like, got married and got a regular job and didn't do comedy anymore. And I was the one that got, you know, real stuck into it. I got addicted, like, heroin. I was just like, oh, because I got, like, one laugh 
And that one laugh sustained me for the last 10 years. So I was like, oh my God, I got to do this forever. And the reason I say that that saved me is one, I don't know if I could really, I mean, if it's any indication of my, uh, of my other jobs that I had, like I can't, uh, it's, it's very hard for me to have a job. I say fucked up things. And so at the time I was like, oh, I'm going to go into comedy. So I, I quit college. I went into comedy right away. Uh, and I, I got real into it. Uh, went up, went through a bad breakup and uh, it was really rough on me, but I always had like stand-up comedy. And uh, if I didn't have stand-up, like if I was just a regular Joe Schmo, I'm pretty sure, because I didn't realize until later that I have an addictive personality, which is why I love stand-up so much. But the the thing is like, I got addicted to stand-up and so it really, shut up. Sorry, my dogs are here because uh, I didn't get to lock them out today. Uh, I so I I feel like I would have got addicted to to something else, right? Cuz after my bad my bad breakup, I was fucking I was so into comedy that it became I mean it really became an addiction. I was getting up, I would go I used to go out to karaoke and uh lean in and go like, hey, instead of doing a, uh, like, I, I'd have to lie to him a couple times. I, there was a few times where I had leaned in and I was like, I'm just going to go acapella on this one. And the guy was like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. They'd cut the mic off. And then at the middle of a karaoke place, I would just start doing two minutes of stand up. And it never went well, but I just needed that fix, that fulfilling thing. And so what I'm saying is like, if I didn't find stand up, that was going to manifest somewhere else. In some other area. Like, I would have got hooked on crack or heroin or some shit like that. Uh, <laughs> and so it's, uh, you know, it's it's a good... I think it's a good problem to have. It's been making me money. It's made me a living. It helped me meet my wife. Like, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, which leads me to another thing. Uh, Stand-up comedy helped me meet my wife. Uh, I was doing a, a friend of mine show and a mutual friend named Kenny. Uh, he had a show here in Chicago and... One day he was like, hey, you want to come headline my show? You know, it uh, doesn't pay much, but we got uh, free drinks and it's a good time. And I was like, all right. So I go out, I do the show, and it was a good show. There was a, there was a hot chick in there. Uh, it was a pretty decent crowd, and I started talking to this hot chick. She was on a date. She, she, my wife completely denies that she was on a date, but she was there with a friend and a guy. And the guy thought they were on a date. So you guys can debate amongst yourselves. We debate all the time. She was like, it's not a date because I wouldn't have brought a friend. But I say it was a date because he considered it a date. You know what I mean? Like, that's how that works. So we, uh, we talked a little bit and, uh, you know, ended up meeting up and uh, falling in, in love. We didn't fall in love there. We fell in love uh, four days later, uh, said I loved you, and then had been dating ever since. It was pretty quick. But it, so comedy helped me uh, become like a stable person, helped me get married. It's uh, like I've also been able to meet friends uh, and shit through it, which is that's the easiest one to say like, oh, you know, comedy helped me meet friends. But more importantly, I think comedy's helped me meet meet and actually know artists and not just know like celebrities I've worked with. I'm actually more inspired by, this sounds super fucking emotional and fucking gay, or what, uh, I know I'm not supposed to say gay, uh, whatever, it's, it's offensive, there you go, 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually inspired more by my friends, people who I started with or people who came up a little bit before me, a little bit after me, my contemporaries, because you get to see, when you do comedy and you do it every night and you see people, you get to see, one, you get to see them grow, and two, the people who are starting are the ones who are pushing the boundaries of comedy more than I think the bigger people. And we debate this all the time, but I really think that once you make it in comedy... Well, folks, looks like we're experiencing some technical difficulties. Sit tight, and we'll get it right. All right, the reason there's a fucking jarring cut right now... Uh, by the way, real quick, uh, I'm very thankful for my editor and one of my good friends, Ryan Walker. Uh, he's the one that helps me sound edit this, put all the clips together. Uh, you've heard him on a couple of episodes go like, what the fuck is Sam talking about? Oh, he's, a, he's a good buddy, he's a good friend, he's a fantastic worker, and he's working all the way from China. So look at that, we got an international podcast. All right, so what the fuck just happened? I don't know if you could hear in the background. Maybe you could. My dog was just going like, and I couldn't find him. And I'm in my living room instead of my office right now. I turn around, he's fucking puking on the fucking couch. I've, listen, I've been working all goddamn day, right? They've been fucking lethargic dogs. We went out on a long walk. Like, I made them tired. I'm about to start packing for, like, fucking leaving and shit and getting everything going. I'm like, oh, I'll sit down for, you know, a half an hour and do a podcast. They'll be quiet because they've been fucking quiet. All no, like right away, you heard me earlier. I was like, shut the fuck up. They started like playing and grabbing toys and shit. And like now, now you're going to decide to be a fucking asshole and be loud. And then I turn around after I calm him down and he's fucking puking on the couch. So I had to fucking scream. Now I'm pissed off. Like I was in this like nice jovial mood, just trying to jerk off on the microphone of like, I'm thankful for this, guys. I, you know what I'm not thankful for? Fucking dogs. I swear to God. Like, yeah, I like dogs, but it's like, fuck me. Fucking, they just, uh, bleh, oh, what? What do you want? Like, just don't do it on the fucking couch. I got hardwood floors. You know, easy. Like, I wish that dogs were, like, smart. You know what I mean? Like, anytime people go, like, oh, dogs are so smart. They could do, you know what? No, they're not. Because if they were smart, they would puke on the fucking hardwood floor. You know what I mean? Or they would, they would not fucking ship all over the place. What, my other dog, Nina, is just staring at me like, why the fuck is she is this, he's yelling at us? Because you're a fucking idiot, right? You're a dumb bitch. And your brother is too. Dumb, sick dog. I'm, my dog's probably dead right now. He's in the other room. Just fucking curled over and dead. And I'm just like, oh, I got a podcast. I got to fucking do an episode. I got to make sure I hit this marker. So what the fuck was I talking about? Was I talking about being thankful for something? I'm also thankful that this job allows me to just fucking rant all the time. I do it, like, even last night, I was, uh, I was at the Laugh Factory, and, uh, man, I just, uh, one, I got to drink at my job. That's another great thing about stand-up, at least here in the States. You just get to fucking drink whenever you want to. It becomes a problem for most people. Luckily, uh, I don't drink most nights, but when I want to, I fucking go off the rails, and I get angry, and I rant, and I say, fuck you. I told, like, the first crowd that I played to was all right. Uh, I had a good set. Uh, I was working on a, a few new things, and the, it went good. Uh, and then the second crowd, uh, I, I talk about race quite a bit in my act, and I was trying some new stuff out, and uh, I could just feel their buttholes tightening, and 
uh, you know, because here in America, uh, Trump got elected president, and apparently that means that uh, we're not allowed to talk about anything ever again because we elected the devil. I, I don't know what the fuck just happened. Like, I know, I don't like him. I think Trump's a piece of shit. Uh, I think he's uh, just not a good guy uh, on top of uh, being a lying snake, snake oil salesman. But he's it's just the president, all right? How, how little fucking, you, you know, like... People are so pissed off that Trump is president, and yeah, I am too, but they act like it is the collapse of fucking the United States, and it's like, how little fucking faith do you have in American government that you think that one guy is going to be able to take it down over fucking four years? If, if you honestly think that, I think there was a bigger problem to begin with, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've been saying it for years that I think the president has too much fucking power with being the only person that has the nuclear codes. You know what I mean? Maybe there should be two or three people that have it, especially nowadays when you don't have to fucking... We're not at war with the Russians, at least not yet anyways. So it's like, yeah, maybe there's bigger issues instead of... But you know what's going to happen? Trump's going to be elected for eight years. Uh, the economy is going to collapse, but then people are going to elect a Democrat and not want to change anything because then it's okay. But when it's not their person, it's fucking hypocrites. Anyway, so see, I get to yell about, by the way, I, I fucking have no political affiliation uh, as of yet. I'm meeting up uh, in two weeks to be maybe become part of the pirate party. Which is another thing about stand-up comedy. This is just a huge rant now uh, and a bunch of fucking ramblings. I don't even know where I was going before. I know I had a path, and now I'm just fucking running down. I'm just running out into the woods trying to find an opening. Uh, so yeah, I might join the pirate party. Uh, real thing. Uh, shout out to them if uh, any of my listeners over in Europe are part of the pirate party. You might have another member. Uh, I don't know. I'm meeting up to see if I, I dig... I'm meeting up with the, I think, the United States chairman of the party. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I can actually have a political affiliation for the first time in eight years. Uh, well, ever, I think. I voted for Barack Obama twice, but I don't think I ever considered myself a Democrat. I just considered myself pro-him until, uh, until I realized all his drone striking and shit. Uh, not cool, bro. Anyways, you're not going to get a perfect political party anyways. Just like you're not going to get a fucking perfect dog. It's just going to... The president's always going to be puking on the fucking couch instead of the hardwood floor. Uh, <laughs> I just sound like a monster on this episode right now. I don't give a shit. Um, it, all right, so let's get back to things I'm thankful for. Uh, so I think I was talking about being inspired by friends. And, uh, yeah, I, I, do, I do genuinely... I. You guys know that I love comedy. That's why I have a podcast dedicated to it fucking weekly. And I love talking about it. I love being engrossed about it. But, like, the one thing I didn't know that I was going to like so much, so I definitely like the stage. I definitely like writing jokes. I, I like that whole aspect. But, like, having funny friends in your life all the time, uh, for me, just the personality I have, is so fucking great. It's it makes life so much easier because I, I didn't realize it at the time, but when I was working like regular jobs and shit, I realized how the part of the reason I felt so shitty at regular jobs wasn't the work. I got work ethic. Like I can do the work. In fact, I can find fulfillment in most work that I do because I'm very not goal oriented, but I'm like task oriented of like yeah, fucking I'll do something. I wanna. I, I'm very uh, competitive, right? My problem is when I can't say shit, fuck, and rant, and hey, 
fuck you, you piece of cunt shit or whatever, you know, where you can't just say whatever you want off the top of your brain. Like I, my family's really never been that way. Like when I was younger, I couldn't say turd, but at a certain age, my mom and dad just threw up their hands. They're like, what the fuck ever? Just don't get killed. Right. And so my family's very much that. And the ball busting aspect is, uh, is what I enjoy so much. Like give you guys a compare and contrast. Uh, when I used to work at retail, there was this girl uh, I used to, so my friend Sean in Kansas City. Shout out to Sean. Uh, he, he, he's just a, he's just a regular dude. I think he's got a kid now. He's just well, he's not a regular dude. He's a he's a fucking weirdo creep, which is why we got along so well. Um, but him and I kind of had that rapport of like, yeah, fucking, we'll just you know fuck around with each other, do the job, and have a good time. But there was this girl. I honestly don't remember her name, but she fucking hated me, and I did not like her because she was very prim and proper, but not in a, uh, not in a consistent way. It was a very hypocritical way, which is fucking rubbed me the wrong way, right? Like, she was definitely one of those people that was prim and proper of like, oh, we should, uh, not talk about this in the workplace. But then whenever she wanted to, uh, she would get vulgar or say, like, curse or say shit. So, so she was just very hypocritical. And uh, there was, I, I remember there was one conversation that I, I, somehow I didn't get fired for this offense, which I, I'm pretty sure I should have. But uh, uh, what, uh, what happened, she got, she got pregnant, and uh, it was me and her working one day. And we were talking about something. She was, like, eight months pregnant, and we were talking about something. And she was saying... Uh, like offensive shit, uh, like joke, joking around, but it was still offensive shit about, um, I think it was like gay people of like, oh, why are they so flamboyant? Like that type of thing. I can't remember exactly what she said. I just remember what I said and why it piggybacked off of it, where she was like, yeah, why are gay people so flamboyant? And I was like, I don't know, maybe you should ask your baby. And she was like, what? And I was like, nah, you know, cause you were saying, you know, you don't know what, uh, what sex your baby is. Maybe your baby's gay. And she's like, that's not a sex. I'm like, well, okay. Uh, sorry. In my head, I meant to say a hermaphrodite. And she just immediately started crying. Now, listen. Yes, I know that's probably a bad thing to say to somebody. But in my head, uh, I thought that was kind of funny to say that uh, gay, one, is a gender. And then, two, to say, oh, man, I meant to say that your baby has both parts. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty terrible, but it's so, like, the reason I said it is because it was so outlandish, and especially because of where she was going with her homophobia, that I was like, oh, one-up it. Uh, yeah, and retail electronics probably shouldn't say shit like that, uh, and, but in the realm of comedy, uh, that's pretty mild compared to, uh, the worst things I've heard in, uh, comedy circles. You just, you learn to, like, one-up each other and just keep saying the worst shit possible. And what's great about that aspect of comedy, at least in the comedy scene, whenever you're hanging out in the green room, is you could have the most conservative person and the most liberal person, and if you get them down the right topic, uh, then they will both go deep down the rabbit hole of saying offensive shit. Doesn't matter. It's just what offends each of them, there's, like, little roadblocks. Do you see what I mean? Like, conservative people may not want you to talk about religion, uh, liberal people may not want you to talk about, uh, sexism, but they can both meet on saying some, uh, offensive shit on, uh, I don't know, classism? <laughs> I, I don't know what it would be, but y you guys know what I'm talking about. So I, I just like the ability to say whatever the fuck I want when I want, and 
and not just the ability you can you actually have the ability to say it anywhere at any time but i'm saying like uh not just the ability but the, the camaraderie of like all right let's uh let's see how far down this rabbit hole goes like everybody in comedy that i've met not everybody. Uh, uh, there's a select few that I've met that don't play that game, but I don't have to surround myself with them. But the vast majority of comics that I meet uh, will like want to play those uh, those games. They want to ball bust. They want to they want to get outlandish. They want to say you know crazy crazy funny shit because we're all chasing. We're all chomping at the bit. We're all trying to be funny, and where funny lies is when someone just gets so outlandish that we make each other laugh. And I fucking did it last night. My friend Paul texted me fucking twice today going like, dude, that was the funniest I've laughed at a long time. And I wasn't telling jokes or anything. I wish he was. I wish he laughed at my jokes, but nobody ever does. Usually what happens is uh, I get a, about two or three whiskeys in and uh, I start just calling out people in the room. So what happened is the last show ended. I was yelling at the crowd. Like, I, I did well. I got the crowd over, but they were a little tight because I talk about race and uh, I was trying out some new stuff, and I was like, eh. Like, I got him to laugh, and I was like, fuck you guys. You were judging me. I've been doing this 10 years. Don't fucking judge me. <laughs> so I get him on my side, and then I immediately smack him down. But we, we get done with the show, and we're all hanging out. And uh, the, the a AJ's show was on. Uh, my friend AJ was on. Uh, it was his show, and my friend Paul was there, and then some, some, both of their friends. So it was like 10 of us there. And we're all just kind of standing in a circle, shitting around. So it was like three comedians and then like seven regular folks. And uh, for some reason, I got a bug up my ass and I just started roasting everybody for no reason. Uh, and it started by, I think Paul said that he was like 38 or 40 or something like that. And everybody's like, what? You don't look like it. And so I started going around and all the dudes I was saying looked way younger. And all the women I said looked way older. Like not even... Uh, like trying to guess going like oh yeah this guy over here i was like well, how old he man you're like 25 and the guy was like oh i'm 22 so immediately i just started going down the line of like all right every guy i'm gonna say looks like 19 and every girl i'm gonna say looks fucking 45 because everybody in the circle was you know mid-20s maybe early 30s like I, I think i was one of the older ones along with paul so i was just shitting on all the women just to be a fucking dickhead and everybody in the circle was like a little turned off but then i just started like paul was like dude what the fuck are you doing like these people don't know you because paul and aj know me very well where it's like yeah i'm just fucking around I'm, I'm just saying shit to be outlandish but they were like a little mortified like dude what the fuck you haven't even introduced yourself and so i just go on a rant last night uh and i th i think the beats that i was hitting of like well don't fucking yell at me because i've clearly i don't fucking mean it like i didn't vote for trump like why why the fuck do i gotta be looked at as this and i was like if they're gonna hang out at a bar at fucking 12 30 at night uh I, and especially at a comedy club after they watch me curse and rant about race for fucking 15 minutes i think they're gonna know like i just went on this like huge deconstructionist moment of the the whole night uh, prior to that, and then was also like deconstructing my thing. And I'm like, and clearly they know that I'm uh, insecure because I fucking yell over everybody. Like I can see I, in their faces that they either want to put in their own two cents or they want to walk away. But I'm not gonna let that fucking happen. Like I was just like calling out every single second that was going, and uh, yeah, and it it became a fun time because uh, of the atmosphere. Like that, you couldn't do that in a fucking boardroom. 
at, uh, Jesus, I can't even think of a company, at the fucking John Deere tractor factory. I, I don't know. That's the first thing that pops to my head. I might be t- way too white trash for my own good. Uh, but yeah, you can't, you can't do that type of thing in any other business. And yet here I am, I just got off work, quote unquote, and, uh, you know, I'm meeting potential clients, which are the regular people who are at the show, and uh, I'm just shitting on them, just uh, showing, like, showing them how I show affection of, like, hey, thanks for coming out. Now, nice fucking pants. Why why are the knees rubbed out? Are you uh, trying to blow me? Or, you know, whatever. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. But, like, I, I li- I, I'm very thankful for that aspect to, to showcase... You know what it is? It's to showcase the worst of my personality in a um, in a positive way. Because if I bottled that up, I'd be afraid that I would always be uh, holding that in and then whenever, like, like the hermaphrodite thing. Like I kind of feel bad about, I don't, I don't desperately feel bad, but I kind of feel bad about like, Dude, she wasn't, you know, she was a new mom. She didn't need to hear that shit. But I, like, that venom was just stored up in me to go, like, ah, let's say some fucked up things. And then I unleash it upon someone, one, I don't have a good rapport with, and two, doesn't want to hear it. And so I felt bad that that was, it was also not the environment to to say that in, right? And so I, I, I feel like if I would have gotten into any under any other industry, that shit would be happening all the time, and I wouldn't be able to have the benefit of the doubt of, of course I'm joking, of course I don't mean uh, anything by this, and if I do say something awful, you have everything in your right to fucking get back at me, because actually a couple of the people in the <clears throat> in the circle, some of the re- like regular crowd, like not even other comics, uh, Paul and AJ were making fun of me a lot, but a couple of the other regular folks got done on me, and I'm the type of person that uh, if I'm gonna shit on you and you're gonna laugh at yourself, I am one. I'm gonna give you fucking three hundred percent whenever you shit. Now, if it's a bad roast joke, like if you just go like, "eh, nice haircut," I'm gonna be like, "oh, please try again." But if it's a genuine attempt at sarcasm or just like a snide little shit remark, I'm gonna fucking act like uh, you just crushed on deaf comedy jam. Like I, I will make sure you feel good about me knowing that. Like I, I like uh, I like that kind of repartee, you know, and uh, so you know some of the people had uh, pretty good shots at me. It was uh, it was real fun. Uh, I actually got one of Paul's sayings that made me uh, fucking cripple down when I was just like, uh, was this morning uh, the lady that he was with? Uh, I don't know if they were together or not, but the one of his friends was uh, saying that I guess when I left. I did an Irish goodbye, and uh, she was like, oh, where'd Sam go? And Paul was like, oh, I don't know, I think he left. And she was like, oh, I, I miss him, he's like a chihuahua. He's uh, he's tiny and loud and not for everybody, but, you know, some people find their bug eyes cute. And I was just like, that's that's really, and I wasn't even there. Like, she was being a complete dickhead, and I wasn't even there. And I fucking love that. And so I, I very much enjoy... Uh, that, that kind of, uh, that weird camar- combative camaraderie, you know what I mean? It's, uh, everybody's, everybody's for themselves, but we're all together. It's, uh, that sparring nature. And I know I've said that multiple times, but I think that's the thing that I'm most thankful for. That's why I fell in love with, uh, Tough Crowd when I was younger. Uh, shout out to, uh, a month of, uh, 20, or 
uh, the 25 days of tough crowd coming up, or 30 days. I don't know how far I'm going to go. Usually I go 25, but maybe I'll do the whole month. But uh, I I love that kind of uh, that atmosphere, and uh, and that's how I've made my best friends. Um, my friend Lane, Soreen, uh, John, Ricky, Jeff. There, there was a whole group of guys that when I first moved to Chicago, uh, Clark, Will, Kenny, uh, whenever we first moved here, we all, you know, it's weird. You, you don't know people. You see them out every night. You got to kind of feel them out. And the way that we all, uh, Lisa got in on that too. I mean, uh, Galati, I'm going to keep just keep naming names just because I'm going like, yeah, we had a fucking great group of, and it's continued, of just people that you get to know each other. And for me, I get to feel comfortable around you when I know that we can shit on each other, right? It's a, it's a mechanism for me that I'm thankful for to go like, everything else in life and everything else, especially in this business, is very serious and life, you know, you gotta fucking pay bills. You gotta, you gotta make sure to keep the lights on, keep food in your belly. You gotta, you gotta go up and live and die on stage. You gotta travel fucking four, five, six hours through a fucking blizzard to get, you know, a hundred bucks when you're first starting out. You gotta, you gotta deal with bookers. You gotta deal with agents. You gotta deal with auditions. You gotta deal with all this other shit on top of regular life most of the time. Like, so that's just comedy. You're lucky if that's all you have to deal with. Other than that, what, you know, if you have a regular job, you gotta deal with a boss. You gotta deal with coworkers. You gotta deal with girlfriends, breakups, heartache, all this other shit uh, on top of comedy. And for me... To know that someone, uh, that I can meet, be lucky enough and thankful enough to meet someone that can not only take a joke, but give a joke, you know what I mean? That can, that can be shit on and, uh, give a shit, or shit on you, is, uh, is, is quite a blessing. It's, it's a very rare type of person in this world that luckily gets to be the majority of my world. And, uh, I try not to take that for granted, because I, I... I do, I do very, I mean, I, I've, luck, I've luckily been able to be in a bubble for the last, I'd say four years, uh, comedy-wise, of being able to just say whatever you want, and uh, I try to, I try to ground myself going like, alright, when you're with people who aren't comics fucking every day, just remember to back it off a little bit, uh, but I, it, I also do that to remind myself, like, yeah, I found the one profession that fits my personality to wear outlandish behavior and outrageous thoughts, philosophies, and speech are not only uh, entertaining, but they're a boon in this industry. And they help you pick friends. Like, you find out other people's uh, boundaries on laughter. And I'm not saying that I go hard to the paint with everybody I meet, but I, I do I do kind of push people to see how far their uh, their sensibilities go because I think uh, I think that's a good judge of character in my book, or at least in my world, finding where people uh, start and stop with uh, offense and uh, their certain sensitivities is uh, I think that's a I think that's a pretty good judge of character and. Uh, and some people can go too far uh, in my book. I, I go pretty fucking outlandish, but at some point there's the 
you know, you get the guy in fucking, I don't know, deep Kentucky, where you're just hanging out, having a good time, and he's like, oh, you want to hear a joke? All right, two Jews and a black walk into a bar, and you're like, all right, this isn't going where I want it to go. Fuck me. That's where I stop. But, uh, you know, the, you, you find out, find out d- different people's personalities, and uh, I, I'm lucky enough to say this emphatically. I have met in my comedy career, off the top of my head, I've met four people. In ten years, I've met four people that I did not get along with in comedy. And uh, everybody's going to be like, who the fuck is it? You name drop all these other people. Uh, I've only, got, I've only, there's only four people where I'm like completely wrote them off. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucking done with these people. Uh, out of the, Jesus, what has to be thousands of comics I've met now. And uh, I, I feel very thankful and lucky that not only do I have this occupation, but I have this uh, just swath of talent and good-natured creeps, psychos, and needy narcissists around me that make me uh, not only feel comfortable, but normal, and even more than normal. I actually feel like I'm the most high-functioning person. I mean, I'm fucking in a happy marriage with a savings account and uh, two paid-off cars. Compared to most people I know in this fucking business... I am a fucking king. I'm a feudal king right now. Everybody's looking at me like, holy shit. He doesn't have to eat potatoes all day. He has a pig. He's got a sword. He's got a helmet. We just got a pitchfork and dirt clods. Like, I, I, I know how thankful and lucky I am. Uh, I, got a, I got a wonderful wife. I got an act that isn't, uh, isn't too bad. Uh, I have relative... Uh, <laughs> I have relative upward mobility in my career, and I have a fantastic friend who does a podcast with me. I have another fantastic friend who does uh, uh, comics on my website with me, and uh, I have you guys. You guys are fucking loyal as shit, and I appreciate that you listen every week, and so I want you guys to think about what you're thankful for. Get all, uh, you know, get... (laughs) Get all mushy-gushy with it, because, uh, you know, the world needs it sometimes. Uh, then then go yell at your dog or a fucking human stranger. doesn't matter. You, by the way, you see how fucking psychotic I am in my goddamn emotional range? Like, I have two ranges where I'm just, like, happy and ooey-gooey and, ah, everything's amazing. Whereas, fucking 15 minutes ago, I just wanted to pop my dog's head off going, like, fuck that dog. He's probably dead in the other room. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just... <laughs> Oh, I have anger issues. Anyways, uh, guys, from from this American, wherever you're at, if you're in the States or uh, Canada, Europe, Asia, uh, North Africa, wherever, I don't know. Uh, I've been looking at all my stats. Uh, just wherever you're at, uh, this is uh, American Thanksgiving this uh, this week, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to just say how thankful I am for everything I. I have, because uh, I'm, I'm an embittered asshole who's angry at the world, but uh, I have a lot to be thankful for, and uh, you guys are included in that, so I wanted to tell you guys my thanks. So uh, feel free to make fun of me. I love you all to death. Uh, please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at iSamComedy. Uh, you can also go to my website, iSamComedy.com. And uh, join us every week. We're here uh, come in December. Like I said, we got a Tough Crowd week. Uh, I will live tweet an episode of Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. 
every Tuesday, uh, or not every Tuesday, every day, and then every Tuesday that month uh, will be tough crowd themed. So we're going to get a heavy dose of Colin Quinn and that crew, and you guys are going to be like, wow, you're fucking obsessed with this show. And I am. I can't help it. I'm a fucking comedy nerd. And so are you. We're all comedy nerds. And go out and find your funny like always, because what I say doesn't matter. I'm just a guy who loves what I love. And I love you guys, so go out and find somebody else you love and tell them thank you. All right, I love you all to death. Thank you for everything uh, you continue to give me, your support. And I will talk to you next week. Goodbye. He's like a chihuahua. He's, uh, he's tiny and loud and not for everybody, but, you know, some people find their bug eyes cute. <laughs>